We are speaking on the subject matter of restoration hardware. Just the fact that God is a restorer. That God knows how to restore things. He is the quintessential restorer. He can restore things beyond your wildest dreams. Let me ask you, let not me even come to conclusions. If you have had something in your life that God restored, and he did it when no one else could do it, raise one hand. If you can bear witness that this is not hype, that the God that we serve is a God that can turn things around, renovate them, restore them in such a way that you come out better than you were before. Can you raise both hands? If you believe with me that before this year is over, everything that was broken, everything that was bleeding, everything that was stolen, it not only will be restored, it will have more value than its original worth when it first started in the first place. If you not only believe that for you, but you believe it for people you love around you, if you believe they're going to get restored in the name of Jesus, if you believe the restoration is going to be so great that come 2020, your friends and your family and even your haters are all going to say, look what the Lord has done. If you believe that's about to happen, it's already started. He is that restorative of a God. We, we began a passage last week from 2 Kings chapter 6, the story of a prophet named Elisha. And let me read you the portion. One day, again, a group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, if you remember from last week, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River. Let's, go to a, let's build a bigger place. There we can build a new place for us to meet. Last week, we talked about going from small to great to a bigger place. All right, go ahead. Please come with us, someone said. He said, I will. So we went with them, this prophet Elisha. He went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, which last week we discovered theologically by doing the thorough Hebrew exegete, it actually means, oh, snap. <laughs> oh, sir is just code word for oh, snap. It was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall? And, and I want to come back to this borrowed thing real quick before we get into today's message. We talked about you can't, you can't, you can't build your destiny on someone else's anointing. And you can't build your future on someone else's character. The reason why you likewise don't want to borrow someone's tools to build your future is because you don't know all the drama embedded in that axe. You may be borrowing someone else's drama to build your dream. And then somewhere down the road, some things start growing out of your dream. And you go, how did this happen? It's because you borrowed someone else's drama. And then you build your... Are you with me right now? So basically what the word is telling you is get your own. Get your own. Get your own. Good. So where did... Here it is. Now this today's message. Oh, sir, it was borrowed. Oh, snap. Where is it? So then the prophet... You're telling me it fell? The prophet, verse 6, has the question, where did it fall? Where did it fall? Just repeat after me, where did it fall? Say that one more time, where did it fall? The man of God asked, when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, cut a stick. Another version reads, a piece of wood, and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe had floated to the surface. What? From the bottom of a river to the surface. Was there a magnet in the wood? <laughs> grab it. Grab it. That's the part we're going to get to. Grab it, Elisha said. Notice how Elisha did not grab it himself. 
See, it's up to us. To, you'll get it in a second. We're not even going to preach that point, but I want you so bad right now. Because a bunch of you have things floating in the surface that you would like the stuff to jump over and get into your lap. When God already restored it, it popped up, it's floating. Get, you need to take, do something, man, and grab it. I mean, seriously, if you think God's going to grab it for you and put it on your lap, that's not the way it works. God already pops it up. He restores it. He puts it right in your face, but it's up to you to grab a hold of it. There's a miracle in the house right now. Grab a hold of it. There's a breakthrough in the house right now. Grab a hold of it. There's salvation right now. Grab a hold of it. How about this? There's healing right now in this house. I dare you to grab a hold of it. It's not going to land on your lap. You got to stand up and do something and say, I want everything that God has for me. I want every promise, every breakthrough, every anointing. Joy is here. Grab it. Love is here. Grab it. Peace is here. Grab it. Grab it. Are there any questions? But it begins with one question. It did begin with a question. Remember it fell? So it fell. It fell. It fell. It fell in the Jordan. It fell. And the prophet, oh snap, it fell. What do I do? The, prophets, the prophet asked a question. What question did he ask? He didn't ask, how did it fall? Because we get caught up in the how. Notice how when you ask someone, have you ever been in a setting, when you meet them, you, you, have you ever been in a setting, you ask, how are you? That's not what you ask in the prophetic. As a matter of fact, I'll show you, that's not even a question. It's not how are you. It's where are you. You missed it. What if I tell you that we're asking the wrong question? What if, what if I tell you that to your friends and family members and even to yourself, we're so obsessed with the how instead of where? Let me, in fact, let me make it legal. When in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam fell, when Adam sinned, what did God ask him? Did God ask Adam, how are you? No. What did God ask? Where are you? Because where you are will determine how you are. Oh, you miss it. Because if you're in the will of God, if you're in the Word of God, if you're in the way of God, if you're in a holy, healed, humble, hungry, honoring place, healthy place, it doesn't matter how you are. If you're in the right place, no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. If you're in the right place, all things work together for your good. If you're in the right place, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you're in the right place, all of God's promises are yes and amen. No, no, no. If you're in the right place, you're covered under the blood of Jesus and you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. It's, a, it's not about how you are. It's about... So here's God's question for you right now. Where are you? Not how are you? Are you in the right place here? Are you in the right place here? Are you in the right place here? Oh man, you're going to get this in a second. Where you are will determine how you are. Some of you have been in a battle. Because the battle you think is about, by the way, how? How you are is a question about drama. 
Where you are is a question regarding destiny. You've missed it. If you know where you are, then you know where you're going. Stop being obsessed with the how. Start getting obsessed with the where. I'm going to prophesy to you right now in the name of Jesus and declare that from this moment on, your location will be the presence of God. Your location will be in the grip and in the grasp of God. Your location... Where are you? You need to say, I dare you to look at every lying devil, have everything that came against you this year. I dare you to look at yourself and say, where am I? Hey, hey. You're going to say, I'm going to tell you where I am. I am under the shadow of the Almighty. I am in the hands of the one who said, no one, nothing will be able to take you away from my hand. If you are in the Father's hand right now, shout like you know where you are. Praise like you know where you are. Worship like you know where you are. Rejoice like you know where you are. Where are you? Where are you? The prophet asked, where is it? Not how is it? Where is it? Where are you? That's the Holy Spirit's question for you right now. Where are you? Are you in Christ? Or are you in yourself? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you please, it will be done unto you. Where are you? Are you truly in Jesus? Are you baptized with him? Romans 6.3. Are you crucified with Christ? Galatians 2.20. Are you seated with him? Ephesians 2.6. Are you hidden in him? Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. Are you in him? Are you here? Let me show you. I'm going to show you this. How can I? You're, we, you can't see, but maybe the camera could, maybe not. There's a white, narrow, little, little, runner here, carpet thing, right here, and it's narrow, and, and there, there's a black carpet here, and it's wide. Every single person here in this auditorium and around the world, you're either here or you're there. The, oh, by the way, the white one is narrow because Jesus said, my way is. You're either here or you're there. You're either in the narrow way or you're in this place right here. This is a wider. And by the way, don't give me your little, little answer that you're somewhere in between. Oh, no, you're not. You're either in the will of God or you're not in the will of God. Are you with me right now? Is it going to seem a little bit tough? But you're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh. There is no such thing as fish. No, there isn't. There is no You're not in the You're not in the There is no spirit flesh You're either in the spirit or you're in the flesh You're either living out your future Or you're held back by your past Are you with me right now? You're either in destiny or you're in drama You're either in either or There is no in between You're either here or you're either here I'm going to tell you what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you Some of you are being pushed You're being pushed You're being pushed You're being pushed You're being pushed I'm telling you if you're in this service or you're watching right now in the next 15 minutes even if you're here you need to look at that place and you need to notify the post office you're about to move and you're not coming back to that place ever again I'm, I don't know if you're getting this right now God's about to kick you out of this place God's about to
about to forgive you out of this place. You're going to end up right here. A couple of other things right now. Growing up, oh, this is going to be hurtful a little bit. Growing up in a religious setting, I'm going to show you something. Growing up in a religious setting, and by religious setting, I mean, well, how can I put this? Religious people believe this. Here's God. And that's you. Religious people, this is the way they see it. And I don't mean all religious people. Myopic, legalistically minded, pharisaically inclined, modern day Pharisees believe that God is here and you're over there and that God is doing this. Come here. I promise you, if you come here, if you come here, I'm going to wash you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to take care of you. It sounds great, right? It sounds like, isn't that scriptural? No. Because religious people think that God is here. Religious people think that if you ever leave this and end up over here, that God stays over here going, oh, you broke my heart, but I'm, but, but I'm going to pray you through, and I'm, I'm going to hope that one day you come back to me. I have news for you. My God is not afraid of the dark. You missed it. The God that I serve is not afraid of your darkness. My God is so big. He will invade your darkness. He will invade your dark chapter. He will show up in your dark place. He will be. He is the light. And every single time light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Is there anybody here who can bear witness that God showed up in your darkness? I'm going to ask again. Is there anyone in here who knows that God showed up in your darkest hour? That God didn't wait for you to end up here. He pursued you over here. I'm preaching to everyone that God chased after you. Am I? Are you here right now? Even when you did not come after him, somebody prayed for you. Somebody interceded for you. Somebody fasted for you. So God chased after you. And that's why now you chase after him. If God showed up in your darkest hour, just do something. If you're grateful that he showed up in your darkest hour, raise both hands. If he showed up on more than one occasion, raise both hands and a foot. If you know that you know that you know that God, that the God that you serve is not afraid of the dark, can you praise him like you're grateful that he showed up? Are you getting that right now? No, I don't know if you're getting this. So your boyfriend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your mom, your dad, your uncle, your auntie, your children, they may be in a dark place right now. But I'm here to tell you, put a smile on your face. The God that we serve is invading their darkness. Are you with me? God is not afraid of the dark. Somebody say it. God is not afraid of the dark. Say it. God is not afraid of the dark. Say it again. God is not afraid of the dark. It's not about how you are. It's about. It's about what? And, and oh, oh, wait, let me tell you. We. You're going to, we, we, you know what, I'm, how do I, 
I'm going to do it. I'm gonna get, we're, I'm gonna, I may get in trouble, but I don't really care anymore. <laughs> yep. All right, cameraman. Tell you where we are. We. Where are you? We are in, quote, unquote, prophetically, metaphorically speaking, we're in the Jordan, baby. We're not just anywhere. We're in a place of a testimony. We're in a place of miracles. We're in a place where you'll get it in a second. Let me tell you where we are. Let me tell you where we are. So, oh boy. How can I put, can you guys... The accent fell in the Jordan. What you need to know is the whole story. Years before, hundreds of years before, someone was already there. Now you missed it. Hundreds of years before, there was a guy named Joshua who was crossing over that same Jordan. In the middle of the crossing, God speaks to him. Joshua chapter 4 verse 9. And the Bible says he built an altar in the middle of the Jordan. Can you build the altar right now? This, this is going to preach in about one minute and ten seconds. They, this is like literally speaking. This is not like, is that like metaphorically? Oh no, this really happened. Joshua built an altar in the middle of a river, knowing very well that the waters would cross over. The Bible says that when they, when they were crossing over with the Ark of the Covenant, God opened up the river and he made a way. He is the way maker. He made a way. I'm going to ask one time. I'm going to ask one time. If in 2019, there was at least one occasion... Only one, just one, maybe one, just one. If there was at least one moment where God made a way, where there was no other way, if you can bear witness that God is a way maker, that he is still doing it, the same thing he did in the Red Sea and in the Jordan, he's still doing it today, lift up one hand. If you know him, now watch this, this is important. This is, this is, years before Joshua built an altar in the middle of the Jordan. And the altar, even though it was covered up with water, the Bible says it's there to this day. The altar represents promise. Because God made them a promise and he fulfilled it. That he is the promise maker and the promise keeper. He's both. That he's the way maker. He made a way where there is no other way. It was an altar of praise and worship. A memorial for generations to remember. Look what the Lord has done. So it was praise. They praised God in the middle of the Jordan and left it there. They left some praise behind. They left some worship behind. And they left it behind for their children and their children's children to know what happened there. I'm preaching now. Now back to the story. Where did the accent fall? In a place where people had praised before. In a place where people had worshipped before. In a place where people had lifted up the name of Jehovah God before. I'm here to tell you that all the rocks that you've been picking up from your journey. Everything you've been building in the midst of your crossing. Somewhere down the road. Whatever falls. If it falls where you left praise behind. That thing will be restored in the name of Jesus. How many understand that praise will push you up? How many understand that worship will push you up? How many understand that your testimony is going to push someone up? Are you hearing? How about this? What you survived this season will help somebody be restored next season. You didn't get that. What you survived this year 
is going to help somebody else come out of their pit next year. I'm preaching to somebody. Some of you survived some crazy things this year. You, 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 ho, ho, ho. You, 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 something felt. Something disconnected. You ended up like this. But I'm going to speak to you before I'm telling you before this service is over. You're not going to look like this. You're going to look like this. It's going to be a better you. It's going to be a greater you. A more anointed you. And if anything ever falls in that area, it will be restored. Oh, one more thing. One more thing. Now I'm going to, this is the part I'm going to get in trouble for. We are Jordan people. Let me explain. We're not this. We are this. So let me get in trouble. In this church, we don't do politics. We don't. We're not Republicans or Democrats. We're Christians. We don't worship donkeys and we don't worship elephants. We worship the lamb who is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We worship Jesus. That's who we worship in this house. We don't believe in such thing as a Republican church or a Democratic church. We believe in a holy church that lifts up the name of Jesus. With that being said, in the past two weeks, for the first time in over 250 years in this nation, we have presidential candidates that have the audacity of threatening me, threatening us who believe the word of God. And in the past two weeks, a bunch of candidates have said the following. If you don't change what you're preaching and change what the word of God says, if you don't modify it, and if you continue to teach it and believe in it, we're going to take away your tax exempt status. Well, let me tell you this. I don't give a holy hoot if you take away my tax exempt status. There it is. Hey, you can come after my tax exempt status. You can take it away, but there's something you'll never take away. You can't take away the anointing. You can't take away the blood of Jesus. You can't take away my salvation. You can't take away the word of God. If you believe that, shout like you know. Stand with me. You are standing. You know what? I'm not tired. I'm going to. Come over here. I don't want to be this kind of church. That we look good, but we do nothing. That we look good. It's pristine. It's beautiful. The wood is shiny. We look good, but we have no authority to cut. We have no authority to build. We have no authority to bring down. I don't want to be that kind of church. I don't care if they boycott me. I don't care if they throw me. I don't care. We need the kind of church that will preach the truth and the love of Jesus in season and out of season. This is us. And I don't mean violent, no. Prophetically beautiful, pristine to build. To build eternal, new, and abundant life through the vicarious, atoning, graceful work of Jesus. But you're trying to threaten me. You're trying to tell me you'll take something away. You have no idea who you're messing with. You want to tell me what, you're going to tell me what I can and cannot preach from the word of God? Hey, how ignorant can you be? 
We didn't write the book. We're not the authors of the book. We don't make the pizza. All we do is deliver the pizza hot in a box. So don't tell me I can't deliver pepperoni just because pepperoni is out of season. And someone else gets offended by the pepperoni. standing with me. Are there any questions? Let's try to hold this up. Flow with me, keyboard. It's like you're getting paid, son. Because you are. You do it for free. Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Please, I'm, I'm, I'm done, but I just want to show you something. I want to show you how beauty, that's why we have to preach the whole gospel. It, it is. I'm, I'm going to show you. We can't, we can't take away chapters and throw away things because it's politically incorrect. There's no such thing as angry Christians, by the way. We, we don't preach things out of anger. Oh, my God, you're angry. No, man, it's about love. You're trying to tell me that I can't love people enough to tell them the truth? You know what I'm saying? I love people too much. I don't want anyone, to, I don't want anyone going to hell. I don't want anyone. I don't even want anyone living a life that's just surviving or failing. I'm going to tell you the truth about everything the Bible says. And I do mean everything. Again, we didn't write the book. We just... Truth is truth. And... This is what's happening to truth, Pastor Nathan, in this generation. What are we going to do as a church? This is what we as the church have to do, exactly what the prophet did. The prophet cut a piece of wood and did this, just like this, look. To the river, not to the accent. There was an altar already there, Joshua 4.9. There was a piece of wood. It still works, the same formula. You show me a life that falls on an altar touched by what happened on the tree what tree Galatians 3.13 says that hung on a tree he became a curse for us to this day when the tree connects with the altar whatever is broken will be restored whatever is lost will be saved and found it's this this is what we do as a church. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. That's not what God made you for. You didn't come out of your mama's womb to be at the bottom of that place. Get up. Get up. What are you doing? I don't know about you, but did, did anybody hear from heaven this year? Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. 
Did anybody hear the Holy Spirit tell him, get up? Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. God didn't make you for that. Get up. You weren't born. You're a cutter. You're there, you're there to build. You're anointed to build. You're anointed to bring. You're anointed to build things. To cut things. You're anointed. Oh, man. Can, now, look, 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 look. This is you. This is you, 2020. This is a 2020 version of you. Look. Look, Pastor Ava. Look. You got some scars here. It's like there's stuff. It's been used. I, I promise you they're going to look at you next year. You, some of your friends, your family members, and even some of your haters are going to go, but last time we saw you. You look like this. They're gonna, there's going to be questions when they see you shining and building something greater than you've ever built before in your entire life. The haters are going to hate. They're going to look at you and say, but we thought you were done. We thought you were at the bottom. And you're going to smile. And you're going to say, look what the Lord has done. Is there anybody here ready to build destiny? Ready to build a kingdom? Ready to build something that will last beyond you? Yeah. This is you. This is you. This is you, husky four pounds. This is you. This is you. And you're going to build something great. Oh, not for your name's sake, but for his name's sake. You're going to build something that will last for generations. That will magnify Jesus. You're going to build something so awesome that so many people will come to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Through what God is building next in your life. Are you with me? Lift up your hands. Hey, entrepreneur, you're going to build something amazing. Hey, dreamer, your dream's about to come up and surface up again. Your dream and your destiny are about to float. You're going to build something great. You're going to build something amazing beyond you, beyond your wildest dreams, for the glory of Jesus in the name of Jesus, because you will no longer be in this place. You're going to be in a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring place. You're going to be in the fullness of Jesus. Oh, by the way, look up. While you're building, if the enemy ever tries to build a fence around your dream and around your purpose, you're not just any axe head. You're an axe head of a testimony. So you take that fence. You don't think twice about it. You chop that thing down in the name of Jesus. I dare you to high-five your neighbor. Tell him it's coming down. Tell your other neighbor it's coming down. Tell him everything the devil tried to build around me, it's coming down. Tell him my praise is sharper than ever before. My worship is sharper than ever before. My prayer life is sharper than ever before. My anointing is sharper than ever before. It's coming down. So look up here. Pastor Nate, can you stand with me right here sometime? Just hold that up. Because that's what happens. Sometimes we're disconnected. Sometimes things break. Maybe you've always been this. But if you've ever been this, 
If you have been this, can you lift up a hand? Have you ever had something break in your life? If you haven't, that's cool. I respect you. I want to be like you when I grow up. Yeah, I do, because in my life, I've had things break. But it fell here. It fell, on an, it fell on an altar where my mama and my grandparents. That's why I'm going to build something for my children and my children's children. That if God forbid something ever breaks in their lives, I assure you when it falls, it ain't going to land there. It's going to build on something for generations that's been full of praise and worship and testimony. Do you get this? Thank you, Pastor Nick. Grab it. That's it. Just grab it. Grab it. He made it flow. God said, all right, here it is. And then he said, I'm not going to get it for you. You want me to go out there and get wet and get it for you? No, I already did what I had to do. But what are you waiting for? Grab it. Grab it. Get over that entitlement mindset. It's not about binging on Netflix right now in the spirit world. It's about you standing up and doing something. Grab it. Pastor Sam, but salvation, yeah, he did it all for you 100%. But you still have to embrace the fact that he did it for you. Lift up your hands. Can my pastors come up here, my elders, my beautiful pastors and elders? Look up here for a second. Pastor Nate, Pastor Ava, join the clan here, please. Sister Kim will take care of that. First impressions, I know I get that, but there's a strong anointing here. And all my pastors, if you're a pastor in good standing in this church, come up here and help me pray. Sean, lift this up. George, lift up the accent. Come here, buddy. Sean, George, simple call. If you're ready to go from here to this, if you're ready for God to reconnect you with your purpose and your God-ordained destiny, if you're ready to see the love of God overtake you, if you're ready to experience the fullness of the grace-filled work of Jesus, if you're ready to be delivered and healed and transformed, I don't care how hard you fell. It's not how you fell. It's, it's not how are you. It's you may say, but Pastor Sam, I'm in that dark space. You're about to jump to this space right now because God's not afraid of the dark. And if you're in this auditorium or watching right now around the world, you're already in the right place. You're in an atmosphere full of Jesus where his name is exalted. This is the best day of your life. I'm going to count to three. I know I haven't dismissed, but I feel it's compelling, and then I'll dismiss. But this is for every single person. Your relationship ended up like this. Your integrity ended up like this. Your heart 
ended up like this. Your dream and your destiny ended up like this. You're about to come out like this. If this is for you, when I count to three, I wouldn't even casually do the, you know, the, the nice, casual, cool swag walk. I would do the, oh my God, this is the day that changes my destiny walk. Which possibly means a little bit of a jog, a casual telling your neighbor, I'm sorry, I love you, but I need to get over there. Because my life's about to radically change and it will never be the same again. I'm here to tell you everything changes tonight today. I'm going to count to three. Then I'm going to dismiss you. Don't worry about it. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to dismiss you and those that want to leave, leave. But the power of God is in this place. There's salvation, deliverance, and healing. You're going to come out of the darkness of addiction and brokenness and sin and the past and failure and abuse. And you're going to step into the holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring reality of living in the fullness of Jesus. You're about to step into Jesus as Jesus steps into you. Are you ready for this? By, by the way, you're saying, but, but Pastor Sam, I'm a Christian for years. I'm a Christian. You're telling me Christians never go through this? Are you kidding me? Christians go through this. Stop buying the hype that Christians never go through anything. Yeah, we go through this. But man, where do we fall? In an altar that pushes us up and the grace of Jesus grace pushes you up faith takes you out Ephesians 2 8 we are saved by grace through faith lift up your hands I'm gonna count to three if this is you if you if you look like this in any aspect and you want to walk out like this when I count to three don't hesitate come out of your seat I promise you your life will never change again your life will never change again your life will never change again. Your life will never change again. Are you ready for this? Ready? I hear a word. And the word is awards. This is weird. This is weird. In 2020, it's going to be the opposite of these, this past season. This past season, some, somebody here looks like this. Like this. Not only in 2020 are you going to shine, but God's going to acknowledge your shining privately and publicly. It's going to be amazing. There's, 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 God's going to lift you up. You're going to build something way beyond you. It's going to be amazing. Through you, with you, and in you, God's going to do something so amazing.